0: simpsons index an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast this is the podcast coming to you out of SideQuest studios this is the simpsons index episode 134 hello out there i'm your host elliot J o'neill and joining me here as always except when he's not bt calloway no hi hi and joining me all the way from england is brian sear hello brian comes from the launching the pilot podcast and so what is your podcast about mate Uh,
1: We watch just the pilot episode of a TV show and no other episodes, just the
0: one. (laughs) Just the one being able to watch a bunch of different series instead of 6,000 episodes from the one series. What a
2: concept. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's it's
0: neat. (laughs) And yes, of course, uh, our podcast, which is The Simpsons Index, this is the podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there's a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. Now, we've brought Brian on today, of course, because as you would have seen by the episode title by now, we're finally doing it. We're finally reviewing episode one of The Simpsons. Amazing. Crazy times. And yeah, you guys haven't reviewed that on your show yet, have you?
1: No, we haven't, No.
0: Yeah, what a good opportunity, and you know who better to speak to about pilot episodes than the man who has a show about uh, podcast uh, pilots?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was surprised this isn't one you did straight away. <laughs> Just
0: yeah, doing the episodes all out of order, and mm-hmm. but you know, before we get to the pilot, we must first go through two other episodes, <sighs> as is promised by our format. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, first of all, we actually watched an episode that only released earlier this year. This was Season 30, Episode 14, The Clown Stays in the Picture. First released in February of 2019, it was directed by Timothy Bailey, written by Matt Selman. In this episode, Lisa and Bart stumble upon a podcast by Mark Maron that features Krusty the Clown, in which Krusty the Clown details a story about a failed movie production that featured a young Homer and Marge. Hey, Brian, what'd you think?
1: It, it was an episode. It was definitely an episode of The
0: Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> my,
2: my God, he's right.
1: <laughs> it, it was the best one I'd seen today. Uh, and, the
0: only, <laughs> and the only one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what, a, what a standard to set. How about you, VT? <laughs> Man, this was a slog. This was
2: just 20-odd minutes of just humorless blah.
1: Well, the thing is, mm. I, I looked on the IMDb, and it's got a high rating, I thought. It's got to be all right then. But, I,
0: oh, it was so dull. <laughs> it's yeah,
2: That's why, why we're the only Simpsons podcast you can trust. <laughs> we tell it like it is. God damn it.
0: We should start actually entering in our reviews through IMDb, just to at least... Um, Sink
2: the average as hard as we can.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Try
1: and offset the balance a bit, yeah.
0: Mm, it <laughs> yeah. needs it. Yeah, so... You know, for my special guests, you know, try to pick sort of theme appropriate episodes. And for this one, I decided, oh, it's got Mark Maron in it. Podcast, there's a loose mm-hmm. connection.
2: How's he's uh, making his first ever movie? You could say his pilot movie.
0: Ah, there we
1: go. You
2: wouldn't say that, but you could. <laughs>
1: he had done good cop, bad dog already,
2: hadn't he? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that was not his directorial debut. That's true. Yeah. That's
0: very true. <laughs> So what do we think of uh, Mark Maron's role in this whole thing anyway?
2: I mean, he's functional and that's about it. Like he doesn't really have anything to do joke or character wise, but he's just, you know, a plot device for which the story can unfold. And he does that fine. Mm.
1: I thought you were going to say he glowed in this episode. (laughs) Damn, that would have been better. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you hate it when celebrities start doing podcasts? They've already got celebrity. (laughs) And then they do a podcast as well. Another shark (laughs) in the the tank
0: of podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so do you listen to Marin's podcast at all, Brian? I, I don't know That's the first yeah. one I've heard <laughs> Talking to <Crosby>. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I sort of dip in and out of his show Depending on the guest, but Yeah, I think I agree with you, BT Yeah, it was mostly functional And whatever mm-hmm. I think it would have even been better if his Shtick wasn't just Advertising crap Like, yeah uh, uh, even 50 for some reason. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's Mark Marin's thing. He's got like 50 rescue cats. Oh, right. Okay.
1: I thought it must <laughs> be something to do with him. Otherwise, why would it be there? But but then with yeah. The Simpsons now, you're not sure.
0: <laughs> no, that's right. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, weird jokes for the sake of it. All right, let's hook into the questionnaire. BT, for better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you from this episode?
2: Well, I did struggle to find something that really stood out as being, uh, for better or for worse, it's all just being blah. But uh, I'm going to go with the fact that the plot is not actually Homer's fault for a change. Usually in these kind of things, Homer's being childish or being over-demanding or being lazy. And in this, he's actually not the problem. It's Krusty in his uh, overzealous, you know, attempts to make this movie and trying to bury Homer because he needs Marge's assistance so much. And yeah, like it was kind of refreshing that, yeah, it wasn't Homer's fault for a change.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I pay that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though there were a couple of, like, arrogant Homer moments that I could have done without. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Oh, I know. <laughs> How about you, Brian? For better or worse, what's something that stands out to you from this episode? It was the other movie posters.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you mean, like, nunjas? That's the one I like the most. <laughs> I thought I would watch that.
0: <laughs> I feel like I'd watch Basketball Dolphin just to see what the hell it was.
1: <laughs> yeah. Pope and the Half sounds interesting as well. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: It's just air, bud, but in the water.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I did like there was another background movie poster joke with Nunjas when they're in the actual office and they've got like uh, the foreign release versions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the Nunjas one is like, yeah, 50 words uh, long for the Spanish one. Yeah. Religioso uh, 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 Mujeres um, <laughs> de Weaponers Aficionado. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, pretty good.
1: Yeah, I thought the framing device was okay. You know, they're listening to a podcast, crusty talk, and then you could go back into the story. That was fine. Mm. Yeah. Well, it has to be a well, podcast been... now, not just finding an old book of pictures or something. <laughs> they've, they've updated <laughs> at least.
0: Yeah, modern Simpsons references. Yeah. <laughs> now they're getting all online and using smartphones and mm. making jokes about a group chat.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, huh. unless all the kids have phones now, it says. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, just last week, they announced in one of the states of Australia that they're going to do a phone ban from first to last bell of the day. That, yeah, phones aren't allowed on school property in the state yeah, of Victoria. That won't stick. Yeah.
2: Like, all it's going to take is concerned parents to go, what about little Timmy? I need to know where he is. Oh. <laughs> if I don't know
1: where he is, 24-7 even though he's at school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be a disaster.
2: So, good luck with that, Victoria. I look forward to you failing.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, prisoners can get phones, can't they, so...
2: Yeah, but that's a lot messier.
0: (laughs) Oh, dear. And what stood out to me, for better or worse? Look, I'm going to say that the whole... Kidnapping angle was just probably the easiest, most laziest turn. Oh man, I forgot that, that
2: happened. <laughs> I was like, what's he talking about? Oh yeah, the whole third act.
0: Yeah, that this episode could have taken like they're in Mexico, so of course Homer gets uh kidnapped by a cartel. Ugh. I just thought that was so trite. Mm-hmm. Lots lots
1: and lots of drug references as well, of course.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, director's powder and Crew powder and Yeah, they didn't actually think to try and barter Homer for the crew powder.
2: No. No.
0: They just, after all the crew powder and went all Mad Max without...
2: Crew powder, man, not even once.
1: Yeah, same as you mentioned the crew powder. They were really rubbing it in your noses, I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and New Simpsons sort of do this with, like, overt drug references, especially to do with Krusty as well. Mm It's, you know, I'm not like... Uh, conservative or anything, and I'm like, oh, Simpsons should never delve into that. Like, but when they're being so overt about it, it's a bit off-putting.
1: Yeah. yeah usually, it's very subtle. You know, yeah. For, for kids watching, they'll probably miss it.
0: But you know, this one, yeah. They, no, I don't think so. <laughs> well, no, when they're flashing the baggy around, yeah. Like...
2: Which is a far cry from um, um Krusty's old line of I, I I've my fear of whoa. Yeah. You know, if you get it, you get it, and if you don't, then you know that goes over your head. But uh, yeah. This is turning to the parents going, Mom, why do they all have little baggies of powder?
0: Yeah. So actually, I forgot to ask you at the top of the show, Brian, have you delved much into New Simpsons at all or are too busy watching the first episode of uh, a hundred TV shows? It's not in the 70s. I don't watch it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I delve in and out of The Simpsons. I I think maybe I stopped watching around the 21st season. I haven't really kept up.
0: But you were a fan of the classic era as
1: well. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to watch it. I've got, you know, I've got the box seasons up to mm.
0: season 17. So. Oh wow! So and
1: I used to watch it with the commentaries as well. I'd watch it once, then I watch it with the commentary.
0: Ah, uh, nice. Warms my heart to hear a, a fellow commentary nerd. Because yeah, I I pour all over directors' commentaries. Yeah,
1: it's, it's the one thing I miss about streaming. <laughs>
0: Just yeah. Yeah. yes. No, absolutely. And it seems like it's such an easy thing for them to do, but mm-hmm. I guess they've got no incentive if you're not buying the individual product.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: But yeah, I, I love director's commentary. I think that's sort of what led into my love of podcasting as well, hearing people talk about stuff that's good. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh,
1: yeah, you know most people don't bother with the commentaries, so you think, oh, this is a rich vein <laughs> of stuff I know that people yeah. don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the fool's. They just skip straight to the Wikipedia article. <laughs> <laughs> so the next question on the questionnaire, Play Count. Brian, have you seen this episode before I made you watch it? No, I had not <laughs> uh, BT?
2: Nope, also a native.
0: Yep, this is a first for me as well. I used to stay up to date with the Simpsons episodes and watch them the second they came out. And, you know, there's one thing that will stop you doing that, and that is doing a Simpsons podcast mm. where you review three of them a week. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I'll I'll do it on show night, you know. Yep.
1: It's what you so look at, was- you see, it's like episode 653, I think. <laughs> 653.
0: Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, with the announcement that they got renewed for season 31 and 32, that's going to bring the grand total up to 705, I think my math was. All oh, right. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Simpsons, if you're listening, please, for the love of fuck, stop there. <laughs> All right. So next question. Wackiness. Was this a particularly cartoony episode of The Simpsons?
1: It wasn't really, was it? It was, um, I mean, obviously they would taking it out of June a bit and the troubles they had uh, yeah. in June. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, it, it flowed rather straightforward and maybe a
0: bit too straightforward. I don't know. Yeah, that's actually a good point. You know, a troubled movie set plot, it actually kind of felt a bit barren. <laughs>
2: yeah weirdly enough and nothing we saw felt unfilmable when they talk about how impossible this movie is to make yeah it's all like you know you needed him freaking out about how am I supposed to represent this in a film in a visual medium
0: or something like that
1: I, ju- I just had the mm. thought of Terry Gilliam watching it I thinking yeah yeah I know yeah I know <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they could have even had like a bunch more troubled movie production jokes like I guess the the wackiness of the kidnapping um. There's something conceptually I did like about them going at this cartel with a bunch of weapons that did nothing, but...
2: Yeah, and I think that plan immediately fail was kind of funny. Yeah. Although now we know the origin of the sea captain's missing leg.
0: Thank God. Oh. <laughs> yep.
2: Shot off by a cartel guy.
0: I totally missed that. Ugh. Yeah.
2: Good for you, man.
0: It was the highlight of the episode, truly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah, not a whole lot of work in this one. Um, we'll say... Crusty trying to commit suicide by laser gun, and he's like, "Oh, it's nothing on this movie, real." It's like, why would you assume that was real, and why are you trying to murder yourself? How dark is this moment? Yeah. H-
1: how much like... actor powder did you take? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: not enough to die.
0: <laughs> no, not for real. Well,
2: I have like a annoying concept in the sense that Crusty is filming this in his like clown and get up. I know it's not his makeup, but um. I why tell you is, what, this isn't makeup. Yeah, why is he a clown in this space adventure? <laughs> like surely he should be in like normal person makeup or something. It's weird.
0: That's actually not a bad point. Yeah, because
1: sometimes he, he has removed the makeup like a couple of episodes, doesn't he? Just <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Even if they are sticking with the stick that it doesn't come off, then yeah, put some on. <laughs> yeah, because
2: why he's a clown who's also an astronaut in space.
0: <laughs> All right. No wonder uh, the Mexicans thought it was a comedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's a clown in it. (laughs) This is, yeah, clearly absurd. I guess Homer's involvement in this movie w- was pretty ridiculous as well. I kind of wish they actually ran with him being a uh, Krusty stunt double a bit more.
1: That would have been good, wouldn't it? And it would have uh, made it up for the other episodes where he was Krusty for a bit. <laughs> so, so you could, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Built up to that. <laughs> yeah,
2: that would have been because right, then they're getting him to do like, more and more dangerous stunts, and Krusty's writing more and more ridiculous scenes for him to be in danger, yeah. And then he bankrupts the production himself out of jealousy.
1: Yeah. You should have wrote this episode. That's brilliant.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, anytime Disney wants to hire me, I am available at double the rate. (laughs) At
0: me, Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, they've sort of delved into the past how Homer and Krusty are very similar. Mm -hmm. And even there was a maybe we'll do this in season one where Homer was going to be revealed to be secretly Krusty the Clown, but they sort of felt that was too Mm -hmm. far out and unbelievable early on in the Simpsons run. So they abandoned that. But this would be revisited later in the Homie the Clown episode from season six, where they Sort of did some, mm, I'd say subtle-ish references that Homer and Krusty are very similar looking. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they did that cloud one, and it felt so overt and pointless. I do not even know which one you're talking about. It was during Homer's hallucination with the cactus kids. Ah,
2: uh, right. Yeah, and of course, Krusty's telling the story, so he knows what Homer hallucinated.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that old
2: problem with perspective. Well, where he sees himself as a future cloud and is like, oh, look at that bald guy. Hope I never turn into him. I'm home. But, so, yeah.
1: But... I didn't need it, did it, really? But I know have to get the uh, Bart and Lisa was... in there somehow again, but...
0: Yes.
2: It was already enough of a stretch to have, yeah, cacti that looked like his future kids going, you have to stay with mom, otherwise we'll never exist. Like, right? Yeah. this is stupid. Also, because he's like, oh, no, I fell in a ravine. I'm sure to die. And then he just climbs out of it. Like, no problem whatsoever.
0: Oh, Cactus (laughs) Bart flashed his butt at him, so...
2: Yeah, well, that'd motivate anyone to be able to scale the unscalable... Mm. Uh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah, when he hallucinates Cactus Bart later saying, I carumba, fucking hell. Like, really cramming that catchphrase in, aren't they? So, the other thing we like to talk about, you know... Opposite to the wackiness is the heart of the episode. Did we feel the emotional core?
2: Ah, I mean, there's almost a bit where, you know, the crew's like, no, no, we stick together. But at this point, we've not seen them sticking together. So maybe have a bit of, you know, they're they're enduring the whole ridiculousness as one or something. Or maybe they're giving each other a hard time, but they know they're, I don't know, something. Because that's the only real moment you get of any kind of heart. There's Mm. no tear in homer marge's relationship or anything like that and it's just what else do we have here
1: yeah but well, it's, it's a passion project for crusty wasn't it and he's and he wanted it to be yeah. a good movie he didn't want it to be uh, another rubbish movie that he was making another comedy so it's, it's a, a passion project so he had it, his heart in it i suppose at the end you see where it's all come together
0: so yeah like that emotional core i guess from crusty was pretty well there as well because you know his first movie as a director, he's Mm -hmm. freaking out and he's doing all that. And also, yeah, leading to Marge, you know, of course she'd fill in the role of being the director's assistant that's just like, calm down, calm the fuck down, just make one decision. So I think, yeah, character-wise, they were nice moments. I just don't think I was a fan of much of the material that went along with it.
2: Yeah, and the big you know bit in the final where Marge reads the book quote back to Krusty to make him feel something for Homer, just... It was a boring quote. It's like, oh, like, every star, the light is connected. And, like, all
0: people, wow <laughs> it, it was verbatim. That, it was
1: it. an 80s, well, 80s, 90s movie. Was it 89 or something?
0: <laughs> yeah, crazy. it very much had that feeling. So what about uh, Homer and Marge's relationship in this episode? You, How do you think that played out, Brian?
1: Yeah, it's hard to uh, pinpoint when exactly it is
0: in their relationship,
1: because uh, yeah, <laughs> mm. cause he knocks he her up pretty quick, as I, as I remember. But I don't remember him going out much. So.
0: Yeah, this is a thing that we worked out that there's a the timeline of their relationship. There's probably about five to seven years between them coming out of high school and Marge being yeah knocked up. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh god, not more stories.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a brief window of time which mm. this probably six to a ten month production would have taken place. Yeah. But yeah, Homer and Marge in this episode, I feel like, like you said, Paige, there was not much to it. And this is a pretty packed episode, surprisingly, for one where it didn't feel like much happened. Like, mm. they foregoed the couch gag and the intro stuff and the chalkboard so that they could make more room in this episode, but I don't think they used it effectively.
1: So there's sort of more at the end, wasn't there? There's extra bits at the end rather than at <laughs> the beginning.
2: Yeah. Mm. And I think you could have saved some time by cutting the framing device. Like, we don't need to see Bart and Lisa listening to this podcast. It can just be Krusty comes into Mark Maron's studio and starts from there. It's a little disconnected from the family, but at least... Okay, I will retract that slightly because the only joke I did like in this entire episode is at the very beginning where Otto's like, "Ah, oh, kids, there's some trouble up ahead. The cops are taking a long time to clean it up, and it's just them playing with like baby barnyard animals." Yeah, it was, that was adorable. That was a good joke. But outside of that, that you get nothing from this moment. Like, it just takes a long time to lead into what this episode's actually about, and then the exit of it is really boring as well. They run home and like, "Ah, oh, you never told us you were on a movie," and Homer's like, "Oh, is that why I've been wearing this crew jacket every day since I ever had this?" Hey, like. <laughs> Really? Really? We're, okay. That crew... Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. And Marge and Homer didn't really offer anything in that end wrap-up thing no. either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was so boring. But can we get back to the petting zoo? Because that was adorable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Wiggum's line. Then He's like, oh, he thinks my belly is a mountain. Yeah. I mean, it did get a little bit spoiled, by take a selfie. Well, it's not a selfie if I'm taking it, Chief. Oh, yeah, no, this is what we care about right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's so too We easy care about. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, they just crammed in a bunch of, like, mobile phone jokes at the start of the episode. Group chat, selfies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what? We talk kid. What up, fellow Chiefs? <laughs>
0: yeah but yeah i just want yeah more of tiny goat on fat man <laughs> stomach <laughs> so ultimately though did this feel like an episode of the simpsons in this question we like to ask about the integrity what do you reckon prime were the characters behaving like themselves the simpson characters that we all know and love
2: i believe they were yeah yeah the characters weren't out of model it's just the episode is just really boring
1: yeah they were very straight laced <laughs> in their approach to it it's just actually homer could have even been a bit more wild yeah, he should have been wacky or something on the set, but no, he he did his job actually.
2: Yeah, he's working quite
0: hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe he was that yeah. character actually. <laughs> yeah, Krusty's really putting this guy through the ringer, and he's just going with it. Yeah, I mean, even like the show as a whole, you know, this is like a very different episode, and using the podcasting framework is it's not a bad device. And I gotta say, I think uh, Mark Maron actually kind of fit into the Simpsons universe. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: know. Yeah,
0: it didn't feel out of place, you know. Like some guests certainly do. Like,
1: yeah, I think if, if Krusty had been on a talk show or something, I don't think it would have worked as well. I don't think you could have mm. delved deep into the story.
0: No, that's right. Uh, I, and yeah, as we know, as podcasters, yeah, podcasting allows for that opportunity to dive deep into things. So yeah, it Ramblin
1: probably it was a bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. But yes or no, would you watch this one again? No. <laughs> And how about you, BT?
2: Nah, there's no reason to come back to this.
0: Nope. <laughs> the other thing I forgot to mention, that there is a Mark Maron counterpart to this episode where Mark Maron recently did an episode of his podcast, which i got to point out is weird, because his podcast, WTF, what the fuck, they didn't actually name it in this episode. Uh, it yeah. was just Mark Maron's podcast.
2: Yeah, fair, fair.
0: They didn't even want to say WTF. What
2: which... the fuck, Newton? <laughs>
0: How are you, what the faffers? Yep. What the faffies? Yeah, anyway, so Mark Maron did an episode of his podcast where he had on Yardley Smith, the voice of Lisa which Excellent episode. Yep. But it's led in with this fake podcast with Krusty the Clown, and it is just some awkward fucking improv. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's barely listenable. Did you ever listen to that one, BT? Yeah,
2: I did. It's boring. Like, don't have him improv Krusty, because it's just... Ah,
0: you know, I got hit by some seltzer. Ah, I'm
2: crusty. Ah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Ah, they... blow. Yeah, ah. You, you can't take a pie to the face.
2: You
0: know? Oh, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Those are all decorated cakes. I almost like that bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's the fillings. Uh, damn you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's uh, what this episode had. A lot of fillings. <laughs> BT, what would you change? Uh, I
2: mean, just every most things. like <laughs> Every most things, yeah. Every yeah. most things. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be mine from you know the pressure on Krusty and this being a passion project and i think the idea of having him get so obsessed with sabotaging homer that he sabotages his own passion project Mm. that's all right but just put in some kind of conflict or something because there's just nothing here and it's all just a bit blah and it passes by and no one cares and we're
0: done yeah totally how about you brian what are some things you'd like to change about this episode well i think the movie failing and Everything Not Going Right is, is, is a great
1: source to dig into, and if we have countless true stories of that that they could have dig into, and they, they just sort of didn't. It's sort of glossed over, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. And as for what I'd change, you know, like, I actually really like the idea of Homer being hired to be Krusty's stuntman, mm. or him sort of seeing him on set and making the connection with Marge and her jealousy, because when Marge and Homer were like making out and he's like, Oh, every time your beeper goes off, you go and run back to him. And like, she chooses to ignore that. I was like, Oh, I did not think the episode was going to go there. Yeah. And so I thought that would have actually made for a really good opportunity for Krusty to start this, trying to split them apart plot. And especially because it is kind of interesting that Krusty actually doesn't have any romantic interest in Marge, Mm -hmm. but he realises that he needs her to make this production run smoothly. I think, yeah, it's a weirdly unexplored thing that probably couldn't have been explored. If you had all this time taken up by Homer in this ransom kidnapping thing, which again, I think is uh, lazy and pretty well offensive. Like just to say, Oh, they're in Mexico. So of course there's a, a fucking cartel.
1: I did like the fact that he's drinking Mexican duff. <laughs> which
0: is... Yeah. Duff <laughs> I that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're here. BT, do you have any other notes?
2: Uh, I got a couple. I mean, I got a kind of a smile at a good cop, dog cop for a while. But then he's humping the police chief's leg, and was like, oh, "Okay, I'm done." Yeah. They do, you know, the classic little bus goes down the map and it's leaving little black dots. And then someone's like, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, we've been dripping uh, motor oil for the past however many kilometers. I'm like, oh, eh, that's not bad. But then they kind of ruin it with, oh, that was literal. It's like, yeah. nope, nope, you just killed it. Thanks. Mm. There's a bit where they get the ransom note and, you know, obviously it's in Spanish. Uh, so they're translating it, but it's just so slow and boring. Like Lenny's reading it in Spanish and then Carl's translating it. And just like, we're just hearing the same bit twice. There's no joke here. It's just taking double the amount of time. Yeah, all yeah. for a uh, go
0: raiders like.
2: Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know, do something else with that. Like maybe instead of a ransom note, they just drew a picture or something. I don't know. I yeah, it just it took too long and it does nothing for you. Um, and I kind of like Mark Maron's ad at the end for hot cashews. <laughs> Do you like hot cashews but don't want to warm them up yourself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it seems like the kind of absurd product that's out there. And they also had, um, what was it? Uh, Dollar Doorknob Dollar Club. Dollar Doorknob Club. It was like, that's, that's fair. Yeah. It's kind of funny when you think about how many doorknobs do you possibly need?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, especially because his usual ads are Squarespace and stamps.com. And I think you need stamps. Stamps. <laughs> get it right. How about you, Brian? Do you have any other notes from this episode? Only the fact that I wanted to see Christian Slater in it. <laughs> it's mentioned
1: because <laughs> they can't get it back in the trailer. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. They can't get Judd Nelson to come out and they can't put Grizz and Sailor back in. I like that joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, my only other note is at the end, yeah, Marin and Krusty are watching the movie in a Mexican theater and, like, Marin's making the overall point. You know, your movie did bring people together, you know, and it's like, yeah. Awful stuff does bring people together, doesn't it?
1: Uh. But it's, it's, no, it's no closure for Krusty. I like that. Mm.
0: No. It's closure. Yeah. It really does feel to me like they're referencing the room in that moment I as know. Well. I was
2: about to say, because there's
0: yeah.
2: that bit in the end of The Disaster Artist where they're like, well, you wanted to make a famous movie and you have. But which kind of makes me they'd leaned on the idea of it being a very room kind of thing a little bit more. Like maybe there's a film festival and they're playing this movie and Krusty wants to stop it. But, you know, because he's embarrassed by it. I feel like there's something else to get
0: from that. No, totally. All right, guys, it is time to rank this thing on the Simpsons Index. We rank using our six point scale, which starts down the bottom at Failure. Maybe if the episode is just meh, you give it participant. But for the positive rankings, you got okay bronze, good silver, excellent gold, but for the best of the very best, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. I'm going to give this a participant, like even going through my notes I'm actually sort of surprised at the amount of things that I liked about this episode I think it does actually show a bit of promise which is kind of what's disappointing about it I liked Mark Marin enough I just think that yeah they didn't invest enough time into the right things in this episode even though all the pieces were there but it was definitely not enough to give me a positive ranking BT man
2: I really want to fail this one because it's just so boring but i don't have enough hatred for it to do that, I don't think. I only really got, like, two bits, which is the hot cashews and the baby goat, Yep. but that's really about it, but I just, I don't have enough grudge for this one to want to kick it into the pit, so as much as I want to fail it on the fact that it's so boring, I just don't care enough. So, participant.
0: Alright, and Brian, what would you like to rank
1: it? I agree with you, it's a past participant. They had the opportunity to make it better, they didn't, but other than that i'm just gonna forget about it <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> yeah by the time we move on to the next episode of a review mm. of this one will definitely left my head yeah all right so yeah that'll be a unanimous participant then it'll be joining other such unanimous participants at another season 30 episode we reviewed coincidentally crusty the clown mm. which is about when crusty quits his show to go do legitimate clowning
2: Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to bring up is, yeah, Krusty's voice is annoying to listen to for more than a scene. (laughs) Like, a whole episode based on... "Ah,
0: Well, it's actually interesting because one thing I learned from directors' comps is that, because Krusty just naturally speaks slower than a lot of other characters, so I've heard the writers say in episodes that they have him in, they've actually got to make the writing that much punchier and quicker around him because he generally speaks so slow.
2: Well, why didn't they do that?
0: <laughs> no, for real. Other such episodes as we reviewed the other week, The Great Louse Detective with Sideshow Bob and Frank Grimes Jr. Uh. and that whole rehashed plot. Uh, what else? Pranks to rap when Bart becomes a rap artist and Homerazzi where Homer becomes a paparazzi. <laughs> yeah, and Any Given Sundance with Jim Jamush. Yeah, sounds right. I can't remember if it's Jim or James. It's yeah. Jim. Yeah. Jim Jamush. Yep, some very bland episodes that it's going to be joining the ranks of. And now, before we move on, is that reputation justified? Is that
2: reputation justified? Boom.
0: (laughs) Uh, So this is the segment where we check out what another reviewer said of this episode. And our good old friend Dennis Perkins of the AV Club. Dennis the wildcard Perkins. He gave this episode a B. So, like on that their scale, that probably translates to a bronze. That's at least a positive ranking for them.
2: I say Dennis's rankings lately. He's uh, he's going from being the wild card to being the feather touch. (laughs) Like he's he's really on easy lately.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I read read this review, and I think he said it's back to classic status. Oh, something
0: like that in there I thought no <laughs> yeah he did mention that yeah it's harkening back to its glory days and i like
1: what? <laughs> what episode did uh, you watch this one though? <laughs> but maybe all his uh, reviews are the
0: same now and he just copies paste, copy, paste. <laughs> it feels like that sometimes yeah <laughs> <laughs> Dennis copy and paste Perkins <laughs>
2: control C control V <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah he says this late game Simpsons outing is a heartening glimpse of uh, inventiveness and improbable near success in defiance of showbiz machine Scenery. Meh <laughs> mm. It isn't not But it is definitely not It's a definitely bee. not no. <laughs> Alright well yeah look That about does it for this episode Now let's move on to a slightly earlier episode Where we're going to Season 14's Excuse me while I miss the sky We'll be back And we are back, and we just watched our Teens Era episode. This was Season 14, Episode 16, Excuse Me While I Missed the Sky. First released in March of 03. it was directed by Stephen Dean Moore, written by Dan Greeny and Alan Grazier. In this episode, document Deslin Deckman comes to Springfield Elementary to shine a light on the school, but whatever, that's not much of the point. It's more about Lisa becoming an astronomer and trying to reduce light pollution, and Bart stealing hood ornaments. Mm-hmm,
2: obviously
1: hey, what do we think? Yeah, I quite like this
0: one. Yeah? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: it was some fun.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. There's got good elements in this one.
0: Yeah, like structurally, I think this one's a bit of a mess, but it does have some of like my favourite little moments and jokes.
2: Yeah, it does kind of waver a little bit in towards the beginning of the third act, but yeah, it works okay
0: i actually think the third act is where they pulled it together like
2: well just a little bit in between where you know we have the problem and now we have to figure out there's kind of a they try to do like a you know little bits of segments across springfield and i don't think they quite work terribly well like mm. why are homer and marge sleep deprived for the kids aren't yeah Homer can sleep anywhere we know that
1: <laughs> it's strange because it's based on the british documentary seven up which is yeah. uh, famous every seven years they go back to the same kids But that's not even really mentioned in this show. They have Eric Idle doing that bit, and I'm thinking, why?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, they Declan Desmond, yeah, guest star of this episode, Eric Idle. Uh, He comes back a few times, and actually they do a full-on 7-Up in Springfield-style episode. And I remember we quite liked that one, actually. Yeah,
2: again, it was pretty
0: good. And later on, I think maybe in the HD era, they expand that Do You Want Lies with that movie as well. Yeah, it actually
2: becomes a movie instead of a quick joke.
0: Yeah. What about upskirt what? dreams?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's in development hell, you know.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hook into the questionnaire. We'll start with you, Brian. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you? Uh, there's a few bits I liked,
1: but for some reason, I really like the freak bit where he's in the observatory. And you have all the other scientists <laughs> around it, and he's throwing microscopes at him. I don't know, it tickled <laughs> me for some reason. <laughs> I did.
2: They're like hermit crabs, yeah, huh? It, you yeah. said he was out of <laughs> microscopes.
1: Oh, it's it's, it's so, so random, but I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's
2: a classic tower defense game. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I mean, of course, Frank could have an interest as well in reducing light pollution, but yeah, I like the idea that if you leave an observatory, you yep. know, because public property, it's... <laughs>
2: Just be invaded and conquered by other scientists.
0: <laughs> How about you, BT? For better or worse, what's something that stands out to you?
2: Uh, well, there's a bit where Lisa's seeing all the light pollution as he all like, no one ever wrote a poem about sickly orange barf glow. <laughs> to prove her wrong, I've written a poem about sickly orange barf glow. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, sickly orange bath glow, I see you on my TV show. Lisa thinks, but she doesn't know all the secrets hidden in a sickly orange bath glow. Hashtag Fragile.
0: Snaps, snaps. <laughs> so, yeah, take
2: that fictional 10 year old from 12 years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got to say as well, the sickly orange bath glow did. Animation-wise, look really good, I think. Yeah,
2: all the light pollution, they, they found good ways to put that in effect.
0: Yeah, well, I think this episode actually had a lot of good lighting effects in it, like from the bath glow to the night skies and also to uh, when they were overloading the lights and just showing general light pollution, yeah.
1: Mm. First time they used digital, digital lighting effect, I think.
0: Yeah, well, season 14 is, like, when they were definitely, like, well into using digital uh, animation instead of hand-drawn. Yeah, so, Mm. yeah, it makes sense that they'd take advantage of the new technologies that they had available to them. And it worked. Uh, What stands out to me from this episode? Yeah, I'm just going to expand more on the Declan Desmond thing, because there's actually not that much to pick off from it. Like, and I think that's the real shame of this episode. I wish they did go lean in more to the documentary style, because... It's like that's what this episode wanted to set up, but they just didn't follow through with it. Like, I still think you could have had these stories about Lisa finding direction and Bart stealing hood ornaments and stuff, but reframed in the documentary style and also given the kids of springfield a lot more to do because like while there were some good jokes that's sort of what they felt like just you know ragging on millhouse for being a wuss yeah
2: hey he'll be batting 317 in the majors whatever that means (laughs) yeah
0: i have no idea either but it it must be good (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) baseball is neither of our country's thing (laughs) play count how many times have you seen this episode before today
1: I've seen it uh, probably three or four times before today.
2: BT? Yeah, something similar to that.
0: Yeah, I've seen it a few times. I generally like season 14, and I feel like, yeah, this one goes pretty well on the disc, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons?
2: And there was some neat whack in there. All the screwed up animals with the constant daylight.
0: These are some of my favourite jokes. The bird just
2: flies down and tunnels into the ground.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I wish there were more of that. Yeah, I yeah.
2: know. It's only that, really, that one. And then Homer's like, "I bet somewhere there's a horse drinking coffee," and I'm like, that would be funny. Mm. Just sitting in the cafe, be like, "No," <laughs> to the waitress. Yeah. yeah,
0: and yeah, I did. I did like suggestible Homer. Yeah,
1: the subplot was about stealing. Hood ornaments, weren't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. I remember that was a thing, but it was in the 80s, not, not in the 2000s, but <laughs> it was the Beastie mm. Boys who started it. It was all their fault.
2: <laughs> Damn you Beastie, <laughs> the beastie boys! boys! They've really turned a corner with their fight for the right to reduce carbon pollution. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... We all change over time.
0: Yeah, that's why they were stealing the hood (laughs) ornaments. Actually, yeah, but now that you mention it, like cars generally don't have like poking outy hood ornaments. Yeah, it's usually only
2: the real fancy ones, like your Rolls Royces and junk.
0: Not anymore. They don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) You know, I'm going to guess it was the Simpsons that ruined it from that episode where Mr. Burns uses his hood ornament like a target when he's chasing down (laughs) Bart. Yeah. (laughs) And now they're like, well, we can't have nice things anymore. Thanks, Simpsons.
0: (laughs) But yeah, on the hood ornaments thing, a bit of wackiness that I like that they shone a light on was Fat Tony being all like, you mean that 10-year-old in a mustache (laughs) was fake? Like... (laughs) barton millhouse running the valet service i think that was a charming little bit of cartoony nonsense (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. hood stealing hoods in the hood (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) good old news report joke there yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah i didn't really like some of the italian stereotypey jokes like millhouse for some reason going try the cheese a pizza it's greasy like you that was just like what Why would you do that? (laughs) It's
2: just lazy. Hey, maybe in Millhouse's mind complimenting each other's greasiness is what you do. Mm. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Fat Tony wasn't more upset, was in the restaurant they had the Italian map on the wall, but they didn't have Sicily. There was no Sicily. It was missing. <laughs> oh, really? <Yeah.
0: laughs>
2: it's like how New Zealand keeps you know, disappearing from maps because people forget about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we see you, New Zealand. We recognise you. What up, bro? <laughs> Any other cartoony bits that stood out to you guys?
2: Yeah, there's that alien that just hops down and is like, shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps I can prove, Calvin. Li- yeah, no one will ever believe, Frank, now.
2: I certainly don't, and I saw it. <laughs>
0: Did you have any other cartoony moments
1: that stood out to you, Brian? I was trying to work out who Ed McMahon was and why he's Star Search. <laughs> but I think he's the quiz show host in America.
2: Yeah, I think he had like a an America's Got Talent style show at one point where. The...
0: That's what I was guessing.
1: It was a reference to ah, that. Okay.
0: Yeah, was an American announcer, game show host, comedian, trapeze um... artist. Oh, <laughs> yep, yep. I see that on Wikipedia <laughs> too. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the things you learn.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, okay, so he was the announcer for the Johnny Carson show as well. All so right. he was the one with, here's Johnny. Johnny, yeah. Yeah, there we go, American stuff.
2: <laughs> Other work. Uh, I do like the mafia goons get out and beat up the bird that lands on the or <laughs> hood on him. It's like, you're going to be eating your worms through a straw.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was the light pollution that caused the bird to do that. It was, yeah, after getting roughed up by the mafia, it forgot what animal it was.
2: (laughs) and Tried to burrow.
0: Yeah. I liked the mafia as well. I wish Jimmy the snitch could see this. You can, just open the hood.
2: (laughs) Yeah, And "And I thought this was going to be a bad night.
0: Yeah, that was very cute. And yeah, when they turn down the lights as well and everyone sees the stars they want to. Mm-hmm. There was a weird joke with Flanders there like, yeah. that he sees the star of David and it's like, uh-oh, am I Jewish or whatever? Like, that did nothing. But I did like the Burns seeing the dollar sign and Cleta seeing the cent sign. Yeah,
2: yes. and Lenny seeing Carl and Carl seeing Carl.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, so how about the heart of this episode? Was this particularly emotional at all?
2: Um, I mean, there's you know Lisa's appreciation for the night sky, and the night sky then thanks her, which is very unrealistic because the stars don't give a crap what we do.
0: No, everyone sees what they want to see. So yeah. Lisa was seeing a oh, thank you, you note.
2: <laughs> it's all about you, isn't it, Lisa? You've been into this for a whole afternoon. The world better change to accommodate it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, how about you, Brian? What would you think of the emotional core of this episode? Yeah, I, I don't really think you had one. <laughs> I don't really mm-hmm. even... It was essentially a joke factory. Yes.
2: Yeah, although I do like Bart's whole, um, the only way to be cooler than him is to copy him exactly. Yeah. And then eventually he doesn't even remember why he's stealing a hood on him, and he just knows it, that's the objective.
0: Actually, yeah, just back on the cartooniness as well, when he has the pacifier that he spray-painted silver, and then just Maggie appears at school all of a sudden.
2: Yep. Hey, she goes anywhere for that pacifier. Yeah, true. Even if it's coated in deadly silver paint.
0: (laughs) And even if she has to shoot a guy, she'll probably do that too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, emotional... Like, I guess they really try and sell you on the idea of, yeah, the night sky being so important. And there's a certain niceness to it as as well. And when they sort of pay it off in the end montage with the media shower over Starry Night by um, Don McLean. That's the one. Yeah. Vincent, isn't it? That was (laughs) fun. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Very pretty song. Oh, that was his other hit. Um, Yeah. yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) American Pie and Vincent. That's it. (laughs) And then when he tried to combine the two into Vincent's
0: Pie. (laughs) Didn't work (laughs) But it went for 14 minutes
1: (laughs) We get a bit of the Beach Boys as well
0: (laughs) The surviving Beach Boys, yeah (laughs) I bet this cost them a bit this episode (laughs) (laughs) Which is one of these jokes like in that Future Jump episode Where Lisa has like the Rolling Stones steel wheelchair tour or whatever Mm -hmm. And that episode was set in the year 2010 Yeah, this episode from 2003 ...saying Surviving Beach Boys, and the Surviving Beach Boys are still touring. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they were here, like, last year or something. That's crazy to me. (laughs) The monkeys were here earlier in the year, actually. Yeah.
2: Hey, hey, where the monkeys? There's only two of them.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, but apparently they had, like, a ten-piece band as well and everything. All
2: right, well, hey, when you got the monkeys money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I think that was kind of nice. And there were some nice bits in the montage, like where Bart finally gets the hood ornament. But mm-hmm. there was that one bit where Willy, like, thought glass was snowflakes. That was weird. But he knew it was glass. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll <laughs> catch
2: these shards of glass it's on my tongue. It's like, mmm.
0: <laughs> why? Why? But ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Were the characters behaving like themselves?
1: I think I think they were. Yeah, I think they were spot on. I liked the bit where um, Lisa works out that her and Bart's plan are together, and she's gonna mm. help it. And he goes, "I bring nothing. You can say it." <laughs>
2: <You
0: know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, just reminded me of like Bart's line. This was to Millhouse back in the day. Like he goes. Oh, with your book smarts and my ability to exploit people with book smarts, yeah. (laughs) So he does bring something, yeah.
2: But no, and realistically, he doesn't do anything. Lisa Mm. leads Homer to the nuclear power plant and overloads the system. Yeah, seems kind of dangerous. You could have just shut it off, Lisa. But whatever.
1: (laughs) It seems the odd way to go, didn't it? You could, I mean, and also the light for the street lights is at the mayor's. It's in the post. Dimmer switch. It's in the, it's in the yeah. post. It's not even guarded.
0: <laughs> Anyone can do it's it. Central really.
2: dimmer switch,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does every town have this? Can we just go up to our town's dimmer switch? I and... don't
2: know. Let's find out.
0: <laughs> yeah. A character... Yeah, I don't think there are any major breaks. Like... No, I mean,
2: Bart's pressured into doing something dangerous. Lisa's pursuing scholarly pursuits. It all makes sense.
0: Yeah. And even introducing this new character in the world, which... You know, we kind of wish The Simpsons would try and do a bit more these days. Like, mm. I think Declan actually does fit in pretty well.
2: Yeah, because he's very condescending. And there's that great little bit where, ah, uh, what does he say to Lisa? And they have that back and forth. and she's Oh,
0: like, Lisa's like, does it make you feel good to shut people down? Yeah, and, and he's all
2: like, yes. Does it make you feel good to question people's motives? Yes. All right, then.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, no, nothing really to mention on that. Like, yeah, Homer's a big old doofus that... Need sleep, sleep.
2: and
1: i do like his zombies home estate that's quite
0: good as well
2: animating yeah <laughs> marge is ironing the phone book
1: yeah and also i like the way that when they go by the telescope he goes boing <laughs> is yeah he, is it <laughs> gonna bounce <laughs> why would you do that but that's classic home, yeah. isn't yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i think i probably like extended it too long with the whole duh bit Yeah, it but... should have
2: been more boing.
0: Yeah, but I did like it when he just quickly throws the telescope in his daughter underneath his arms and <laughs> bails out of the shop. Yep. Very good. But ultimately, would you watch this one again?
1: I would,
2: yeah. Yeah, for sure. If yeah, I
0: might watch this one again, might put it in a playlist. And so we like to think about like other episodes that this pairs well with. So, yeah, what is a Simpsons playlist that you could make that includes this episode?
2: Telescopes, Bart's Comet and oh, yeah. uh, Bard of Darkness. Yeah. Animals not behaving like the animals they should. Like uh, when oh, the penguins yeah. are flying around or... When wh- the
0: rhino is laying eggs. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what did you just see, Lisa?
0: Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, Lisa's uh, scholarly pursuits, you know, yeah. Lisa's career. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. Lisa's
2: just getting into something new. So Lisa the Buddhist, Lisa the vegetarian. Yeah. Lisa the iconoclast.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, And Declan Desmond episodes. There's a For good sure. handful of them. Like, can't remember how many of them are actually good. but handful. A handful. You know, a handful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's about good. BT, what would you change about this episode?
2: Ooh, I would have Lisa recognize my poem about sickly orange bath glow. <laughs> I think just maybe spend a little bit more time on the wacky things happening with the lights. I don't know, maybe have some kind of upside, because then why wouldn't people ask him to turn it back down again? Because they're clearly suffering. Yeah. Maybe there's a thing about, I don't know, Mr. Burns is making so much money from the lights being on all the time that he doesn't want it shut down. And, you know, Quimby just bows to that or something. But no, not terribly much. This all's got a pretty nice flow. Just more jokes. I didn't get too many outright, outright laughy laughs. Mm.
0: So, uh, yeah. How about you, Brian? Is there anything you'd like to change about this episode? No,
1: I, I think it runs quite smoothly. I mean, it is a little bit disjointed at the beginning, but it's it's okay.
0: Yeah. As for me, yeah, I already mentioned that I'd like them to actually stick with the documentary style or Mm. not have it at all. I feel like it doesn't really exist either way, and that's kind of a letdown of this episode. And also... I think there should be more negative reaction to the lights being out. Like there is a very real thing that you know, if yeah. you don't have lights at night, there is an inherent danger with that. And oh yeah, I think it's... looting happens.
2: Yeah, car accidents.
0: Yeah, people getting hurt. All the city
2: sundial is useless. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just remembered there was such a thing as daylight. So... Yeah. <laughs>
0: But yeah, I mean, even in in a town at night, you know, having ample street light is a necessity. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that should have been a bit more explored. And yeah, yeah, like I said at the top, hooking into the documentary more and shining a bit more of a light on, yeah, some of the other kids as well. Like, Mm. rather than it just being a cheap, easy way for them to get some jokes out.
2: Pile on Millhouse, yeah. Yeah. Get us something else going on. I think Eric Idle was
1: a little bit wasted.
0: Uh... (laughs) No, totally. Yeah, a man of his talents is just... Mm -hmm. Yeah, he should have been in the episode a lot more.
1: He should have done a song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a documentarian. I'm <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're here. Brian, do you have any other notes? Uh, I did like the bit of Millhouse falling over at the end,
1: and his leg twitching.
0: <laughs> yeah. just just, yeah, a, that...
1: just to show he's not dead.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but very injured. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That whole missing the ball montage is fucking, It's so perfect. I yeah. like that. How about you, BT? Any other notes?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I got a few. So first off,
0: go Aberdeen!
2: <laughs> uh, minerals are boring. Take that, minerals.
0: <laughs> I love that as well. As she's just reading the little plaque and just gradually <laughs> yeah. talking herself out of it.
2: Yeah, even Lisa gives up that little presentation that convinces her to be an astronomer that has uh, and the Milky Way, home to this little blue planet we call Rigel 7, not far <laughs> from Earth. Yeah. <laughs> and then this the, the callback of, now, who will press my reset button? Will it be you? <laughs> or you. Or you. Mm. And uh, we get a reference to Carl being Icelandic again, which will come up
0: later. Yeah, so I don't know if you knew this, Brian, but they did basically a whole episode where Carl... Um, he steals Carl the
2: money,
0: g- not he? He steals the lottery. Is it lottery money? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, we quite liked that episode as well. Which yeah, is so
2: how far away from this? Is, it's like season 28 or something weird like that, isn't it?
0: 23 off the top oh, yeah. of my it's head, still, yeah. It's,
2: it's pretty, this is, what, 14, so it was quite a distance yeah. between the two.
0: Yeah, just a throwaway line that they decided they knew
2: all along Carl was Icelandic.
0: Yeah, totally. All right, it's time for my final notes. There was a joke during the Krusty Burger documentary 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 what <laughs> documentary that I didn't like. They're talking to Homer. Doesn't it bother you yeah. that um, the burgers are made from mad cow meat and Homer's like, oh, they pass the savings on to me. Blah, blah, blah. It's, yeah, this stupid brain damage joke where, yeah, it's the immediate payoff. I didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. I like how the Simpson family were eating dinnerables. Like, do you have this in England, Brian? Like, lunchables? Like. Sorry, what's that? Lunchables? (laughs) Yeah, those uh, little, like, packets of four things that. Oh, yes. um, Yes, we do. Yes, uh-huh. a little cheese and a cracker, and just that little red spoon that goes with it. Yeah, and
1: they do it with Oreos now. Oh, oh, oh wow! wow. <laughs> Fancy mini tiny Oreos.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just seeing dinner rolls. That yeah, this is like, yeah the evolution. Yeah, where American cuisine is going.
2: <laughs> going, it's that man.
0: <laughs> Oh, there was another joke with Homer I didn't like, and it was more on Lisa's delivery, mm-hmm. where she was, Dad, it's not a kaleidoscope, and I was just like, oh, quit spelling out the joke for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, it would have just been fine if, like, yeah, Homer said the thing about where's the pretty swirling colours, and Lisa yeah. just gave him a look, and you didn't even,
2: Dad. Because you know, that slow pace of just, meeeeee,
0: yeah. Oh, we get another Homer drooling over food playlist. Mm-hmm. Mm, bad eggs. Oh, Mo and Selma are making out in the park, and Selma thought Mo was John Redder, who you might remember from Eight Simple Rules of Dating mm-hmm. My Teenage Daughter, and Mo thought Selma was a gorilla. Yeah, and was okay with this.
2: I mean, any lips in a storm, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but oh, Mo, no bad Mo. <laughs> like, yeah. don't, don't,
2: don't kink shame the man. <laughs> He wants to make out with a gorilla.
0: <laughs> I think a uh, 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 pretty comfortable kink shaming bestiality. <laughs> um, no, he no,
2: no, no, never said that. He just made out with it.
0: <laughs> still, anyway. <laughs> and I liked the line of Marge going, "Oh, this is prettier than our screensaver." And I love our screensaver. I do like the follow, I love our screensaver. <laughs> All right, it's time to rank this thing. BT, you're first.
2: Uh, I'm going to bronze. It was pretty good. I had a good time. Not quite as many jokes for me to push it up to the silver, but it was close. It's a high bronze for me because, yeah, it all flows very nicely and I had a good time.
0: All right, Brian, what do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: stating there. it's a bronze, definitely a bronze, almost a silver, but not quite.
0: <laughs> hmm. Oh, well, completely unanimous here. It would have been a silver for me, maybe if the story was a little bit more solid, like, because even the first act I sort of wrote on my notes, participant, and I'm like, where's this going? And But then I thought they really brought it together in the third act, and you know. As we always say here, you know, you stick the landing... Yeah,
2: it makes all the difference. And yeah, I think just the push of any particular element, like a bit more jokes or a bit more heart or a bit more story, I think that would have got it into silver territory. Yeah. That's close.
0: Maybe even further. Always always shoot for the stars, (laughs) Simpsons.
2: Yes. Who will write the next episode? Will it be you? (laughs) Or you? are you
0: (laughs) that'll be a unanimous bronze and it'll be the fourth episode from season 14 to get a unanimous bronze it'll also be joining how i spent my strummer vacation Mm -hmm. and that's where homer goes to rock and roll fantasy camp
2: yeah it's it's more about the guest stars than it is anything else
0: Yep. And Barting Over, which, oh, that's the 300th episode where uh, he emancipates and uh, moves right. into a loft with Tony, Tony Hawk. Hawk and Blink-182. Again, I think it's one that we liked, but then, yeah, weird-ass ending with skate battle with yep. Homer and Tony Hawk. And also, Dude, Where's My Ranch, which actually wasn't a unanimous bronze, but it got Silver Bronze Bronze Participant, ah, so and yeah, that's out. when they go to the Dude Ranch mm-hmm. and, and Cookie goes to bed. <laughs> anyway uh, <cookie. laughs> Alright, cool Well, yeah, that about does it for the teens and the HD And now we're finally here We're going to the pilot of The Simpsons I am mm. so fucking excited I haven't actually watched this episode in a very long time No, nah, me either How about you, Brian? I can't remember the last time I saw it <laughs> Probably when it was yeah. on, originally
1: aired <laughs>
2: Wow
0: <laughs> Yeah I did actually watch um, the YouTube show Cinema Sins Mm -hmm. have recently branched out and have been doing TV sins and yeah they did the Simpsons pilot that was was a particularly funny episode so check that out but you you uh, know
2: all its sins
0: yeah (laughs) yeah all right let's go for it all right we'll be back And we are back and we just reviewed our classic episode and I don't think there is more classic episode than this. Season one, episode one, Simpsons roasting on an open fire. First released in December of 1989, the only Simpsons episode to be released in the 80s. It was directed by David Silverman, written by one-time writer Mimi Pond. In this episode, this is the pilot. <laughs> what did we think?
2: I mean, personally, I feel deceived. There was no roasting and no open fires to be spoken of. <laughs> but, uh, no, it, you've said it several times already, but I'm going to steal your line. It's charming.
0: Yeah.
1: Can't say much more than it was a charming episode. It was a charming Christmas uh, tale. Yeah.
2: I mean, I did write charming, but tame by today's standards.
1: (laughs) It's
0: very tame, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, this is an interesting one because this wasn't originally intended to be the pilot episode of The Simpsons. The Simpsons first season had a lot of trouble with their animation, you know, it being a new show and it being, you know, an adult animated sitcom, which was a very new thing at the time. A lot of their episodes came back with uh, what producers described as rubbery Disney-style animation, which caused them to shelve the originally intended pilot Some Enchanted Evening, which I don't know if you guys remember, that's the one with the babysitter Bandit, which I think would have been a much darker pilot to go with Mm -hmm. for the start. Yeah, yeah, that, that,
1: that would come out of a dark place, wouldn't it? That
2: one? Certainly not as charming, no.
0: Yeah, and you know, while I'm not a big fan of Christmas episodes myself, I feel like this setting does actually provide the a, a good way to introduce the characters. Yeah, and it
2: provides the drama to the story as well. It's not just Christmas for a background thing. It's actually part of the plot. So
0: yeah, so and we get like the essential. Core family introduction here, and you know, part of the extended family in Patty and Selma and Grandpa as well. And so, functionally, yeah, I think this did a way better job of being a pilot than in some Enchanted Evening could have.
2: Yeah, it's a lot interesting to see how many pieces were there from the very beginning. There's Snowball mm. 2 gets an introduction, Lisa's Want of a Pony, Flanders just being not a bad guy, but just accidentally showing off when he doesn't realize how much Homer's struggling. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is Generation One Homo, where he's the uh, flawed patriarch and not a the Labrador or the asshole.
1: Yeah, yeah, we get a drunk Barney as well, don't we? It's all the yeah. classic characters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, even though like something happened in Moe's bar because yeah, the entire color palette of that place mm. shifted. <laughs> something
2: happened to Moe, man. His hair's different color, and he's like, "Here, have a candy cane for free." <laughs> That's not the Mo we know.
1: Yeah. You had saloon doors on the bar.
0: I uh, yeah. just took me out of the moment completely. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the moment. I get it. <laughs> yeah, Brian, you know, as an expert in pilots, how do you think this one functioned, like being the pilot of, yeah, one of the most popular TV shows of all time?
1: I think it worked really well. It wasn't laugh-out funny, but it was, it was a nice little story that introduced everybody. Yeah, I think it did well.
0: And in sort of comparison to a lot of pilots that you've seen, like... Yeah, how do you think it went with establishing the show?
1: Yeah, I think in in the time they had, they did a really good job. Because most pilots, as you know, they go like an hour and a half to get everything in there, to establish everything. They only had the 23 minutes to get in there and do it. And I think they did it well.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a tall order. And like it still astounds me that, yeah, this was originally intended to be the eighth episode of mm. the run. But because of that, the show it does actually feel a lot more uh, sophisticated and sort of grounded in what the future of the show would be, Like especially in comparison to a few episodes that come after this, like Homer's Odyssey, which is just one that's bafflingly, like, I don't, I don't even know why they produced that. Incredibly
2: bleak, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, let's hook into it. BT, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you from this episode?
2: Man, I think a bit that really would have stunned a lot of audiences back in the day is the part where they go to the dog track and it's like, oh, no, we're definitely going to win. If TV has taught me anything, it's that miracles always happen to poor kids at Christmas. Mm. And, you know, they get the sign of it being named up Santa's little helper and and that exact setup. And to us now, yeah, we know that's not going to happen. We've grown up with the Malcolms in the middles and the things that took these tropes and turned them on their head. And this was probably the first one to really do that. Yeah. So, you know, there would have been plenty of people back going, of course, that's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And then ha- to have it not happen, I think was a really great turn. And uh, yeah, it would have been interesting to see how that landed with audiences originally. But uh, I imagine it did pretty well because I think the show did okay after this.
0: Yeah, I, I hear it. It's, yeah. it's still going yeah. pretty well. Oh, good for them. <laughs> I guess uh, not only did it have a challenge, yeah, setting uh, its up its own universe, but also proving the animation style for adults, you mm. know. And yeah, taking those sitcommy tropes and turning them on its head, yeah, it's pretty yeah eloquent execution in this one. How about you, Brian? What's a moment that stands out to you, for better or worse? From the very beginning, when
1: well, I have to do the school plays and the Christmas pageant, and I've yeah. sat through so many of these, and they're all <laughs> like it. They're all the same. I thought you hit it nail on the head with
0: that one. Yeah, Homer, like, shuffling through the crowd. Eh, they dragged you down here too, huh?
2: <laughs> I do like his, like, mind, mind my galoshes. Sorry, <laughs> like, pardon my galoshes. I feel like that should be a new term for things. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to speak out of school, but pardon my galoshes.
0: Hmm. I liked the idea with the school play as well, like, the sign out the front that it was reviewed three and a half star by the Springfield shopper. <laughs> but yeah, just in that opening play thing, what bit sort of stood out to you from that?
1: Well, obviously Lisa's dance. I mean,
0: what was that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was an error apparently there with the Korean animation studio that they were actually meant to colour in her leggings. So it's kind of weird because it does look like she's naked from the waist down. But yeah. you can sort of see that the legs are a weird enough shape that you could assume. But yeah, it does look weird. It was
2: a very, yeah, uncomfortable moment to go, wait a sec.
0: Yeah. And that was actually another problem that I had with Some Enchanted Evening is that the animation director or whatever uh, he was that, yeah, ended up getting fired from the show. He kept doing shots of, like, Lisa with her bloomers sticking out of her dress, which is very, like, Betty Boop era, like, sort of cartoony stuff. Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I suppose going back to it, it does look like a comic strip more, doesn't it, in this one? it's. Mm. the way it's the colours and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, especially, like... Because, yeah, it does look different from any cartoon that was certainly around at the time. Like, the characters kind of move like normal people, even though they're, like, yellow and disproportionate yeah, yeah. and everything.
2: The frame rate's down a tiny bit, but not too bad.
0: Yeah, as the car is driving into yeah, the school there's play, definitely it's... a
2: little, little bit of chop there.
0: <laughs> and, yeah, I like as well with this establishing thing how it means this episode sort of starts and ends with... Bart ruining Christmas carols Mm -hmm. and yeah you get a good idea of his character as well because
2: I think that's what the school play does entirely for actually all the characters because Homer's sitting there half asleep Marge is just beaming proud and Lisa's you know obviously put in all this extra effort and Bart is singing Joko laid an egg (laughs) he has Mm. a
1: voice of an
0: angel (laughs) (laughs) yeah as he immediately pipes in oh jingle bells Batman smells (laughs) oh wonderful And, yeah, what stands out to me, Um, yeah, i got to say Homer's involvement in this episode, but particularly sort of how he's really pushing against the wind on this one. So, obviously, yeah, losing his Christmas bonus and trying to compensate and, you know, Mm -hmm. hide the secret from Marge, but... Also, in the face of like Patty and Selma constantly doubting oh, him, man.
2: Patty and Selma are the fucking worst in this. <laughs> like, if you ever want to know the origins of that feud, we know, and it's yeah. Patty and Selma all the way.
1: Every line they give, they just suck the air out of it, don't they? They <laughs> just really. <Yeah.
0: laughs> and I really love in the end how Lisa calls them on it as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Homer's the patriarch that she looks
0: up to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so any knock at him is a knock at me. Uh, watch it. And I'm too young
2: to defend myself.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah, They're all just like, oh, you know, he'll come home reeking of booze and cheap perfume from all the <laughs> filthy horrors he's been banging. <laughs> and this is like, wow, you people are awful.
0: Yeah. Especially like in that moment as well, because Lisa has demonstrated that she's still a kid there as well. Like yeah. she's just happily enjoying the happy little elves and...
2: Mm-hmm. And grandpa is struggling through it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what does he call it? Unadulterated something... <laughs> I wonder if this is like a comment on cartoons of the time as well. Like, no, we're not unadulterated. We are adulterated.
2: (laughs) Get ready to be adulterated.
0: (laughs) All right. Play count. How many times have you seen this episode before this viewing? We'll start with you, Brian. Oh, well, it's it's got
1: to be 10 plus times. I've lost count, really. Yeah. (laughs) BT?
2: Yeah, I mean, something like that, because it wasn't on high syndication, I think, as it was such a stark contrast to what we were used to. But I don't know, it's definitely seen it plenty of times, so 10-ish, 20-ish.
0: Yeah, I probably wouldn't put it, yeah, super high, because I think you're right, yeah. Season 1, like, tended to be a surprise when it popped up mm. in syndication. Yeah. And I think, like, even Foxtel doing their marathons, they, like, sort of avoided doing Season 1, because it is a bit clunky, but yeah. So, yeah, 20, 30 times, maybe. So, wackiness, was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons?
1: Nope. <laughs> it's straight down the middle, isn't it? It's a, a straight story.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. No, very much. So, you know, in the, this question, you know, we also like to explore, did they take advantage of the cartoony medium?
2: I do like that Marge hides the cash jar in her hair.
0: <laughs> yep, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's a cartoony moment. And you can hear, like, when it hits the table, there's a real thunk and there's oh, some yeah. coins in there.
2: That's some heft to that. It's a big jar, so.
0: <laughs> She has a strong neck.
2: (laughs) Just like a good woman should.
0: (laughs) Man, find yourself a lady with a strong neck.
2: (laughs) Whose head can support a jar of money.
0: (laughs) Oh, dear. So I'm just trying to think yeah, what are some moments from this episode where they took advantage of the cartoon medium?
1: No, they could have done this live
2: action, couldn't they?
0: (laughs) 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 No, totally. Because even like the light display that, you know, Mm. Flanders has, that's just totally within reason.
2: Oh, yeah, that is a great moment as well when you kind of Homer just kind of walks outside and looks at his house with its three lights, Christmas lights on, and Flanders' house that's all dolled up. And it's
0: like, <sighs> that. Yeah, even if the fairy lights were working, mm. wouldn't have been too much to yeah. brag about. Yeah, yeah, not a
2: whole lot of whack. I think the most wackiest moment is, oh, I don't want to go until our dog finishes. <laughs> all right, let's get out here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just
2: gives up because it's still going.
0: Yeah, I do like the Santa training scene actually. Yeah. The the dude felt the need to write ho 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 ho. Again,
2: the... from the top.
1: I like <laughs> when oh, they do the oh, ho ho oh, ho's oh. with passion, then Homer says, "When do we get paid?" Not till Christmas Eve, then it's all low key <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, ho, <laughs> ho ho ho's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ho ho. And yeah, Homer clearly failing this thing at every turn yet he still gets the job as a mall Santa.
2: <laughs> well, how many times do people walk up to mall Santas and go, "Name all the reindeers. Yeah. Do it.
0: <laughs> Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> I think the teacher as well is the same as the hypnotist from Homer yes. at the Bat.
2: So maybe that's how he whipped them into shape. He's uh-huh. got them to do a good job. <laughs> a good job.
0: And yeah, the other sort of uh, weird cartoon thing. I like when Homer is the Santa and yet yeah, still clearly doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. venting to all the kids. Yeah. <laughs> I hope your Christmas gets a little easier. Oh, it and- will.
2: As soon as Mrs. Claus's sisters are gone. Thanks for letting me vent.
0: And yeah, pinching a bite of the kid's donut. <laughs> Wonderful homer stuff. So, making way for the heart of the episode. What do you reckon, Brian? Was this a particularly emotional episode of The Simpsons?
1: I think there was a little bit of emotion there. in the <laughs> yeah, in the, in the, in the, the, It's really tied to reality, isn't it? Of not having mm. enough money for Christmas and... They soon let yeah, that go, right. didn't they? Yeah. yeah <laughs> it to reality. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, eventually down the line, because the thing that surprised me and like all my Simpsons rewatches is that there wouldn't be another Christmas episode until season seven's Marge Not Be Proud, the Bart Stealing the Bone Storm game one. Wow. It feels weird, right?
2: Yeah. That long without ah, Never doing a Christmas episode again. And then all of a sudden they did. Yeah, Man, if only Frank Grimes could have seen this early one where Homer's really struggling yeah. I think his opinion would have changed him
0: <laughs> but yeah after that they'd go on to yeah do a number of cheap tacky cash in Christmas mm. episodes you know for lack of a better idea sort of feeling stories yep. <laughs> looking at you white Christmas blues <sighs> <sighs> Yeah, and the emotional core of this episode and, you know, what Christmas episodes generally try to achieve. Yeah, th- I really do think yeah. this one nailed it.
2: Man, Just I like that it's not Homer's fault that he d- doesn't have the money for it. You know, that would be something that would change in the future. Yeah. But it's very refreshing to have him just, he doesn't want to ruin everyone's Christmas by telling the truth. He's not hiding his shame or something. He could have told Marge, but he's like, wants to find a way around it first. And I think that's really admirable and, you know, it's, it's a different pace for us. And, uh, yeah, I just like the light as well when Bart's like, wow, Dad, you must really love us to sink so low. It's like <laughs> this great little, both a joke and a little bit of a heart moment. Yeah. And just a bit at the end with Santa's little helper jumps up in his arms and stares at him. <laughs> and then he takes him home. And He's and
0: pathetic. He's a loser. He's a... I'm Simpson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, again, like, for a pilot episode, they're establishing what they're about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're pathetic losers, but goddamn, they're lovable.
2: And then he brings up Hosanna's little helpers home, and everyone's like, oh, it's the best present we could have got. Yay, everything's fine. Yeah.
1: And if he runs away from home, it'll be easy to catch.
0: (laughs) 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 It's a good line. Yeah, I love all that self-knowing stuff, and yeah, not even Patty and Selma were going to chime in with one of their jabs then.
1: And actually, there's there's a little bit of them smiling as they look at the dog. So,
0: (laughs) oh, real? Wow. And some say their heart grew three sizes that day. Those
2: people are wrong.
0: <laughs> God bless us, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Bart liked playing with the truth. It happened to Tiny Tim, it happened to Charlie Brown, it happened to the Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Who's Tiny Tim? <laughs> Who is Tiny Tim? <laughs>
2: it's from A uh, Christmas Carol.
0: Oh, oh okay. Charles
2: Dickens. <laughs> I need legs, Dad. Can I get some for Christmas? <laughs> uh, I forget the details, but...
0: <laughs> Yeah, I only know Tinny Tim from Futurama. I was about to say,
2: you know Futurama, that's good enough.
0: <laughs> so, ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Were the characters behaving like themselves?
2: I mean, it, for their first season, absolutely. It's just, yeah, finding its feet. But even then, I'm surprised how many elements that would go on to be in the show are already present. Yeah. You know, Grandpa and it's Patty and Selma being just... The worst, yeah. And Lisa's intelligence and Bart's rapscalioniskness—I don't know what you call that. He was—he was just a little, you know, little troublemaker at this point. Wasn't really a menace yet.
0: A little Dickens,
2: um, quite.
1: <laughs> I think if you if they uh, redid it and tidied it up, you could have dropped it in any season from one to eight, and, it, and it'd fit perfectly.
0: Yeah, because it's the animation of this episode that I think is going to like be off-putting for jumping into the Simpsons because it. That's the part that doesn't seem like The Simpsons. Like, mm. yeah.
1: There's no oh. detail to the background characters, are they? They're just sort of thrown in. <laughs> That's
0: it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you noticed one, Elliot, that just didn't have a nose.
0: She had no nose. <laughs> but then how did she smell? <laughs> and eat and laugh and love. You meant to say <laughs> terrible. Ah. Ah, oh, sorry. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, it's not like Homer's Odyssey level of bad. I don't mm. know if you know that one, Brian, but there's just this background shot where. Every background character looks horrible. There's like two characters with the tops of their heads glued together and one who's wearing like a superhero mask. It's
2: weird. (laughs) Yeah, but that at least you can explain away with no one's ever going to rewatch this and pause and look at all these freaks. (laughs) We can do whatever we want.
1: There'll never be high Uh, definition televisions.
0: No. (laughs) And DVDs. What what would that even be? (laughs) (laughs) I was actually really surprised with how much I enjoyed this episode. Like, yeah, especially being a season one where, you know, I try to sort of lower the expectations and bit and given a little leeway because it is the establishing thing but mm-hmm. yeah for a season one and for especially the pilot it did a lot of heavy lifting yeah oh uh, yeah i totally reckon the characters felt like themselves but yes or no would you watch this one again yeah sure absolutely yeah i'd watch it again and if we watch it again we might put it in a playlist what playlist would this go in like other simpsons episodes that remind you of this one well christmas episodes is the obvious one yeah school pageants oh yeah Lisa's pony where she needs her read and that kicks in mm. my dingaling and all that.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, that's <a> terrible.
0: terrible... <laughs> yeah, Patty and Solmer episodes because they do feature quite heavily in this yeah, one. Yeah, they do. Oh, Homer getting shafted by Mister Burns. <laughs> yeah,
2: that shows up plenty. <laughs> I do love his. Uh, There'll be no Christmas bonuses. Oh, and Merry Christmas.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but all the ex- has got bonuses, so you know it's all right. Yeah, cool. yeah, it's all right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Burns is looking after his own. Mm -hmm. So this is actually an interesting thing, because in a few episodes of season one, uh, Mr. Burns wasn't played by Harry Shearer. It was by an actor, Chris Collins. Yeah, it was just this different guy who they replaced. Mm. For whatever reason.
2: Uh, imagine he began demanding, like, directorial control. And, no, as soon as he up, more Mr. Burns. Mm. He is truly the sixth member of the family.
1: <laughs> he was going to do a Mr. Burns spin-off. That's what he was. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Burns
2: and the bees, you know.
0: Home already? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: Feel the Burns. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I think it was actually an interesting thing where, like, Even in this first season, you know, some of the voices aren't quite where they'd be, especially Homer, you know, this is... frosty chocolate milkshake. (laughs) Still very much the frosty chocolate milkshakes (laughs) Homer. But, like, Mr. Burns, he doesn't sound super different from where he is now, even though, yeah, it was a completely different actor, and Harry Shearer could have just as easily reinvented the voice, Mm and we probably just would have written it off as, oh, yeah, that's the first season, Mr. Burns, but... No, he really took it and then like made it his own in a way. Yeah, absolutely. BT, what would you change about this episode?
2: <sighs> you could punch up the pacing. It's a bit hard to really again. Do I think of this in today's standards, or to consider the era in which it was made? Obviously, you could improve the animation, and you could just kind of punch up the pacing a little bit. But ultimately, I think this is going for that, you know, Christmas time heartfelt story, which we well, didn't you say it came out in December anyway. So yeah, it was kind of apt for the the time it was airing. Yeah, I think the amount it did with its own tropes and managed to turn a lot on its head is quite good, so I don't want to change terribly much about this, just, you know, mostly just a clean and polish.
0: Yeah. How about you, Brian? What would you change about this episode? Probably put a few more jokes in. <laughs> the, yeah. The, the, it was sparse
1: between the jokes, wasn't it? Like you say, mm-hmm. it was paced very slowly.
0: Uh, this is, yeah, definitely, yeah, that season one sort of crawling pace. There is, like, we've noticed in the more recent episodes that there's a lack of ambient noise, and mm-hmm. I sort of feel that in this one as well.
2: But at least they have the excuse, then, of not having the money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, the Simpsons were working on a similar budget to Homer in. <laughs> yeah. $13
2: <laughs> for an entire series? Uh.
1: Apparently Homer, I've got you here, he would have won... $1,287, if that did <laughs> And uh Wow. And Barney would have won
0: $130. <laughs> oh, for the odds on whirlwind. Odds on, yeah. right. 10 to 1, yeah. <laughs> Barney looks like he made that work, though. You know, he's...
2: Hey, he picks up at the end.
0: Yeah. Is that his car as well? Like... <laughs> I guess. What's he doing driving a convertible in Christmas time? Like, Because he's a a success, baby! (laughs) What a (laughs) show-off. And yeah, so as for what I'd change, um, yeah, spit and polish, like uh, yeah, I'm just going to be echoing your points anyway, like, I I don't feel qualified to, yeah, fix this one up in a way, but just while we are speaking about the writing, so Mimi Pond, the writer of this, this was our only Simpsons writing credit, and she like expressed recently that she had actually quite a troubled uh, history with the show, and this wasn't actually, in her words, like a joyous experience for her. Her account of it, as well, I'm quoting here from her. I was never intended to be on the staff, and I never knew why for the longest time. No one ever called me or explained to me or apologized or anything. It wasn't until years later that I found out that Sam Simon, who was the showrunner, didn't want any women around because he was going through a divorce. It had remained a boys club for a good long time. I feel like I was just as qualified as anyone else who came along and got hired on the show, and it was just because I was a woman that I was, you know, not allowed entry into that club. I always wind up being the turd in the punch bowl because the show is so beloved and everything. And I'm sorry to burst bubbles, but it wasn't a pleasant experience for me.
2: <laughs> well, that sucks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Still an interesting thing that yeah, the first episode of The Simpsons was written by a woman. Yeah.
2: Well, just I would have assumed this early season would have had more Mac Groening in it, but uh, evidently not.
0: Well, that's how they knew each other because yeah. Mimi Pond was a cartoonist herself and a writer. Yeah. And so, yeah, she knew Matt from, you know, the cartoony circuit because mm-hmm. he was doing Life in Hell and, and also the Tracy Ullman shorts of The Simpsons that came before this. Which, yeah, is something that I keep forgetting about with yep. this being The Simpsons pilot is that they effectively had three seasons of being a sketch show before this yeah true oh and on that tracy Olman makes a guest appearance as one of the kids singing in this episode
2: all right well wow.
1: she's also singing in mo's bar uh sent little helper that's her voice in the background
0: all oh, right <laughs> there we go uh yeah we're here bt do you have any other notes hey uh, yeah i do
2: let's see i do like principal skinner just getting everything wrong at the beginning of the announcements like, <laughs> and now a melody i mean medley of holiday flavorites
0: <laughs> It doesn't correct the flavourites.
2: <laughs> yep uh, yeah, when Lisa's like asking nothing for nothing but a pony, and Marge's like, Lisa, you've asked for a pony for the past three years, and we've always said it can't fit in Santa's sleigh. Could you maybe take a hint?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> just that little bit of, you know, not not a little sneaky Marge there. Just dropping that in. Yeah. Uh, When the Bart's getting the tattoo laser removed, he's like, now don't struggle. You don't want to get this in your eye or groin. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's a little, little bluer than I expected for this episode, but it works damn well.
1: So I, I'm surprised that got through the sensor, the groin.
0: <laughs> yeah. You can't groin. Yeah. (laughs) on tv (laughs) (laughs) no especially because yeah the senses were on top of the simpsons you know they really gave him a hard time like uh, last week we reviewed the episode uh with lisa's first word Mm -hmm. and marge is like oh maybe bart will be jealous of new baby lisa and homer's like yeah you can kiss my hairy yellow butt (laughs) that like only just scraped in apparently
2: yeah telling two-year-olds to kiss your hairy yellow butt Mm. (laughs) what is this world coming to and my last note is simply the classic, ow,
0: quit it. Ow, quit it. <laughs> yeah, Total Simpsons broke my brain hours for that one. Yep. And how about you, Brian? Do you have any more notes about this episode?
1: The pageant, that was uh, Matt Grading that was his idea, because when he was in mm. school, he'd live through, because uh, his uh, grandparents were from Russia, so he was going to tell him about russian and they apparently told him that's a communist country they don't celebrate christmas sit down
0: (laughs) oh (laughs) brutal (laughs) wow (laughs) life in hell huh Yeah. (laughs) yeah all right well i just need a couple of seconds to just do the last of my notes bt the question
2: all right so we do have a final question for our guests if you could have a sandwich named after you what would be on that sandwich or if that's too difficult just what's the best sandwich it's
1: a cheese sandwich. That's the best sandwich. That's full just stop. Just pure,
2: pure, just cheese? cheese?
1: Is it toasted? What a- you can have cheese and pickle if you're stretching it, but you know, don't don't. don't yeah, cheese. But,
2: but what's on the Brian? That's what I want to know. <laughs> if I walk into a deli and say, give me the Brian, what are they serving me?
1: They give you a cheese sandwich. Sorry.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. It's time for my final notes. So... We get an early Ralph, maybe?
2: Yeah, who looks like him, but doesn't sound or act like him in the slightest. But early Ralph was very different when Heck was, you know, love that chewing gum walk. Very wriggly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: like they didn't establish Ralph as being a bit of a dullard until like season 4 or something yeah
2: but what man could tame
0: her yeah he he was very eloquent and witty mm. <laughs> and marge doing the letter to all the nearest and dearest this was another moment of like them reinforcing the character traits yeah and reminding us of all who they are and it's just really interesting that this i still think this Felt like it was intended as the pilot. The way that she's like, Lisa's a good student, Bart's a bad student, but we love him. Grandpa's alive and feisty, <laughs> <laughs> and I love Bart's line. There's only one fat guy that brings his presents, and his name ain't Santa. Yep. Oh yeah. And talking about the cartoon medium, Bart's fantasy of how Margil respond to his tattoo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is great. Oh, I love it so much, and it makes you look so tough. <laughs>
0: Homer goes shopping at Circus of Values, and there's one little inconsistency here where he doesn't get anything for Lisa.
2: I did notice that. I guess assumed he'd already picked it up somewhere, but um, I didn't notice it was called Circus of Values. That's interesting, because that's the name of the vending machines in Bioshock. Oh, really? So I wonder if they pulled the name there. Interesting. Yes.
0: And Homer's beard is, like, worse than all of the other Santas. I don't know how this fooled Bart for as long as it did.
2: (laughs) Bart's an idiot?
0: <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, he knows his own father. Mm-hmm. Like, the beard was just only coming under his face and his muzzle was... St- uh, anyway. <laughs> um,
2: Call it, like, Clark Kent glasses syndrome, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my final note is I like how, in the end, during the Rudolph red Reindeer song, the, yeah, Lisa's also getting in on the uh, parody lyrics as yeah. well. and. Yeah, she's still showing that, yeah, she is a kid. She has book smarts and, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway,
2: but... It's still a child and likes to mess things up.
0: All right, let's rank this thing. Brian, expert on pilots, you're up first.
1: I think it's a silver. I think it's it's, it's quite high. It's good. It's got all the elements. It's working.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised because I th- went in here thinking that it would be a silver, but I'm actually going to give it a gold and... I think, like in a way, this episode is essential, so why wouldn't I give it Cubic? But it isn't quite what The Simpsons would become, but I think as a starting point, it achieves a lot and it kicks a lot of goals successfully that... Like, I think just on a technical level, it's just going to get a gold from me, even though it's a bit rough around the edges mm-hmm. and sort of could use a few more jokes and punching up and stuff. It's certainly, yeah, not as funny as a lot of golds that I've given. But yeah, I think it did an incredible job for a big weight that it had on its shoulders. BT? It
2: was a little split because I feel like if this episode came out now, I might only bronze it. But then should I consider, you know, when it was made and the fact that this was so early for the run? Uh, I'm going to go with a silver, actually, just because... It is a very, you know, cohesive episode, and it, you know, explains all the characters. And you're right, it is very surprising this isn't the pilot, considering how much they reinforce what's going on. But, uh, you know, it's got its great heart moments. It could use some more jokes, but what's there is pretty punchy, and I feel like some of them don't land just because they're old now, and that's not the show's fault. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to give that a silver.
0: All right. Cool. Averaging out, this will be a shiny silver. And this will be the second classic era episode to get a shiny silver ranking the other being bart carney mm-hmm. where bart and homer become carnies <laughs> yeah the shiny silver is actually like some of our like more contentious episodes yeah. where like fans have gone really it got that high so yeah in that we've had hunker hunker burns in love where you yeah, know mr burns gets a young hot girlfriend
2: it's about mr burns of course it's a great episode
0: yep Monty Can't Buy Me Love, where Mr. Burns steals a Loch Ness monster. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, I've seen (laughs) a (laughs) Phoebe. Yeah. Uh, well, Grift of the Magi as well, which is another Christmas episode with mm-hmm. the Funzo robots as well. Uh, yeah. And Gabby Coleman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Three prawns is hardly a galaxy.
2: Gonna <laughs> <laughs> stay here and see how this ends up. His phone's not even plugged in.
0: <laughs> uh, Springfield Up, where they're doing like a parody of those 7-Up documentaries um, in Springfield. Wow, that did a lot better than I remember. Well, yeah, Shag gave it a gold. I, that one baffled me. I thought, yeah, at very best a silver. But anyway. And also Weekend at Burnsies where Homer gets super into weed.
2: Man, that's a fun one, though.
0: Yeah, a absolute stupid story, but with a lot of great jokes in it all right, well, yeah, that about does it for the Simpsons Index. But, you know, before we get out of here, we like to recommend things that we're into lately. Books, TV, music, film, movies. What else are things? Cleaning products. <laughs> um, various types of insulation. <laughs> so uh, we'll start with you, BT. What have you been into lately? Well,
2: Bradford insulation, bats so are clearly the best you know. <laughs> um, I haven't been in too much lately as I had this problem last time. But uh, I finally got around to, to watching Oculus, which is a horror movie that, it's on Netflix now. And it's kind of divisive. I've heard a lot of people talk bad about it. I've heard a lot of people say it's quite good. I'm on the good side. I quite liked it. But I also like, you know, reality bending movies. So yeah. it's a light recommendation. But uh, yeah, why not? Go check that out, I suppose. How about you, Brian? Is there
0: something you've been into lately? I've been watching a
1: lot of Charlie's Angels original. Really? <laughs> really? Yes.
2: How's their pilot?
1: Their pilot was good. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it had James um
0: oh what's his name? I can't remember it now. <laughs> it had people in it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Charlie, I I think that's the oldest show that we've had recommended on mm-hmm. this. Like oh wonderful. And yeah, what I've been into lately, i got to say, like full disclosure, we only recorded an episode yesterday, so my current recommendation- No, the magic. <laughs> don't ruin the magic. But yeah, just sort of digging into my back catalogue a bit. This year, I've been really getting into the band Idols. They're an English punk band, and their latest album, Joy, is an act of resistance. I don't think that could be a better- tagline for what they're all about they're like really positive lyrical content with yeah super aggressive punk rock music and and if you want to get a sense of what the band is about someone just uploaded their set from the Glastonbury festival and it's an hour of unbridled joy like (laughs) you can tell that they're having an absolute blast this is the biggest crowd they've ever played in front of and you can tell they're overwhelmed by the experience but at the same time they're not holding back their guitarist is maniac who's just jumping into the crowd he's playing in his underwear and he's like doing that thing where he's like walking on the crowd and getting them to like hold up his feet like that scene in big hero 6 where the <laughs> kid is walking along the thing anyway and the weirdest part to me is yeah that psychotic guitarist with a big mustache is also a professional dentist <laughs> 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 so yeah a- have you heard of idols at all brian no not at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah i mean yeah they're from your area so yeah h- highly recommend you yeah go catch them on a show but probably worth staying at the back because it can get a little hectic <laughs> and yeah saw them the, yeah, earlier this year at the Lansdowne, and yeah that was just such a wonderful show all right cool well yep about time we get out of here but let's do some plugs brian talk about launching the pilot
1: yeah we've got uh Over 170 episodes at the moment. Uh, Wow. A weekly show talking about pilots. You can find us on Podbean and everywhere you find good podcasts, ours is there as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On on Twitter, uh, launching the pilot or launching to pilot because I couldn't fill it all in the app bit. Uh, Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's why we're Simpsons Index and not The Simpsons Index. Mm -hmm. One letter. (laughs) All right, cool. And BT, our other podcast. Yes, yeah, so our other podcast
2: is a Game of Thrones podcast. and You might think, wait, isn't Game of Thrones over? Well, for everyone else it is, but for us it isn't. We are uh, running Thrones of Game, where we watch the entire series backwards. I've watched the entire show beginning to end, but Elliot has never watched an episode until we started watching it backwards. So you get a unique perspective. It's a fast podcast. It's a good podcast. Have some fun. Check it
0: out. All right, cool. Well, yeah, that does it. Hey, thank you again, Brian, for doing this. It's, yeah, really wonderful episode.
1: Yes, it's it's been an experience, I would say.
2: <laughs> That's what we aim to do. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, yeah, I I can't believe we've done it. We've done the pilot episode finally after mm-hmm. yeah, hundred 130- and. 30-some recordings, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, yeah, this clocked over, so we've now done over 400 episodes of The Simpsons on the Simpsons Ooh. Index. And
2: there's only 666.
1: <laughs> only a few to go
0: now, then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, they're reviewed, uh, renewed until season, what, 87 now? So, yeah, yeah here we go. <laughs> All right, so that's been Brian. Bye. And that's been BT. Hi. And I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. Ooh, part of my galoshes. Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter or Instagram. Now, there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week.